Hey, what's going on, everyone? This is Ishmael from Dad Is Not Now, changing the narrative for the men of color and fatherhood, as well as changing the narrative for the things I care about. On this episode of Dad Is Not A Noun, I went to the archives to go back to one of my favorite interviews from last year that I did with Greg Burham. He is the creator of the Search for Sadake. It is a historical action adventure and fantasy that takes place in 1920s in the height of the Wall Street massacre in Tulsa. And um, it's an amazing story about a young lady, uh, Sadake, who finds her uh, her true purpose through tragedy. Um, so I hope you guys enjoyed the interview. It's an amazing interview because the story is based on his uh, two daughters, uh, his his one daughter and his stepdaughter. And especially in the light of the Breonna Taylor tragedy, he just felt it was important to create a story showing women of color doing extraordinary things. So I hope you guys enjoyed the interview. Um, like, subscribe, all that good stuff. Enjoy. So for you, yeah. Yo, there whenever it matters and even more when you feel like it doesn't Protect you so you never feel like you wasn't Know I'm right alongside you, here by that I am behind you But always got you, end of discussion, nothing means more First wanna offer his shoulders for what you preach for Thought I saw the eyes of the world until I seen yours And know that I ain't see a better view yet I'm with whatever, so don't ever you fret Know that you covered, not a hurdle or a heartbreak To change what a partake Cause none of them won't ever get comfortable in your walkway My job is to aware you Fully loaded, prepare you For all of the above that I'm never letting get near you But still in all, give you every advantage I found Couldn't find a better fit for them, along with my crown And since the baton was passed, I've been down Cause failing's not an option, and dad is not a noun, not at all Greg Barnum. I'm an author and comic book creator, writer. This is the Search for Sadika, my newest comic that I'm releasing. I'm shooting this for a Kickstarter. It's a historical action adventure fantasy that follows a 13-year-old young lady named Sadika in the 1920s Southwest United States. She's going on this magical quest. But in, I pinned the Kickstarter so the people can, when they join in, they could go right to the Kickstarter. But um, but going back to our conversation earlier, man, that uh, Sadake remind me of like that girl next door. She's like that. Remember that song from another bad creation, Aisha? Uh huh. <laughs> she reminds me of Aisha. She's like <laughs> that girl you can never have. <laughs> but everybody want to get with her. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Uh, she's a little bit. She she's <laughs> for her. They didn't have thugs back in 1921, I would think. But she's you know, she's serious. Um, I like her because she's uh, she's like she's really confident. I'm on it. Oh god, and she's not. She's a little bit arrogant, but that's part of her journey. Like when you're young, you think you know everything you haven't seen close to anything, you know what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. uh, she, she gets to go through like some transition. So it's cool. Cause like with Tuskegee airs, I have like five main characters that you got to develop with her yep. <laughs> like the main character. And then uh, you, you know, you do have some other people that'll figure, you know, that'll weigh in, but it's mainly her. It's mainly her story. But, but I do love not to give people like, you know, spoilers or stuff like that or anything like that, which I don't know. But um, but what I love how is that her character takes the characteristics of her mother and dad a little bit. Like when it comes mm -hmm. to the, um, the 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 physical aspect of it is her his her mom and that relationship with her mom and her mm -hmm. dad. He's like this. Like, um, can't think of a character. I can't think of a character similar, but he's like this smart guy you think as a nerd, but he's there to protect his family when he has to protect his family. Yeah. So, can you talk about that dynamic of family in that story? In the story. Um, well, that part I just wanted to, uh, you know, like when you're searching and studying up on Black Wall Street, 
you realize that you know so many so many things that we've been taught about what a black man is or what a black man was you know it's like totally wrong like you had these educated men who were fully capable but they weren't you know how they try to depict especially back then we was all yosa nosa yep. like all that stuff it's not that's not that's not all it was you know there were a lot of you know very intelligent highly capable brilliant people that were educated and were like taking the torch and running with it and so that's how her father has that dynamic um he's not soft you know uh but I, without going too far off like we always get you know like people always want to say you know if you're you know you can't be both you have to be you know either you're like this little nerd person you're highly intellectual or he's not soft at all he's he's like a real i hate to say real man but he's you know like he, he loves <laughs> his family he loves his community uh he's you know he's playing chess with people but he'll still pull out the the jammy on you <laughs> but i'm just saying his game got to be tight to the 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 pick up um to 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 get um the the uh, stat because now mom but I'm just saying he gotta yeah. have some game man he can't like yeah, he's not yeah. no loud like some lame dude would pick up a fine female like that man so his game <laughs> is tight right and he's not even uh he's not like we haven't even really gone that deep into explaining who they really 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 are so uh, that comes as the story goes along. Um, and as far as her mom, her mom is, you know, uh, she's, so I made it to where she's half, uh, African American and half Native American. Um, she has like that aspect of, you know, being able to, you know, utilize the earth to heal and help, you know, but she also is the one who teaches Sonica how to fight. Um, so, <laughs> you, know, like, you know both of them I just I wanted to create like well-rounded people like I don't like linear characters <laughs> I don't like people where it's like you're either all of this or all of that like you know we're real people man we do do a lot of things and that's the one thing I like about the story is that it's not like like uh, stereotype driven because you know if you see a lot of like cartoons that comic book, they're stereotype driven like you, you you have this person that fit this description you have this person fit this kind of agenda and everyone has their own personal agenda that fits a certain character and the great thing about the story is that these characters are complex you know they have different issues you know everybody's at the end of the day is trying to search themselves and that's real life you know and so that's the one thing I like about the story. And then going to the mother aspect of it, I love the relationship, like your 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 uh, uh, dedication to women because of the relationship between the mother and the daughter. Because yes, she's a fighter, but she's a nurturer too. And that's mm -hmm. the one thing um, in, on this planet, black women are the most disrespected. Oh. And so yeah. I love how you know you put uh, emphasis on that. So can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, man. I mean, um, I was raised by women. I was raised by my mother, my sister, my grandmother, my great aunt, like these people. And then like a couple of my friends' mothers was like my other mothers, you know what I'm saying? So it's like we had uh, like all these women around who, you know, would literally put their life on the line to try to keep you going on the right track. You know, they would give whatever they could. And um, I realized, you know, like, you know, for a long time I was, you know, I think I was just regular thinking, you know, man, you woman, you know, but as, as I watched these women go through all of these struggles and it's like, it it can only it can only like weigh on you like i don't understand how people can grow up with a black mama <laughs> you know what i'm saying uh, a black grandmother in this world and disrespect and like hate black women like i i don't get it but i know it exists um 
and you know everything is not always perfect or anything but i just want to like whatever i do uh i'm gonna always go on the line even if i have a black woman that's a villain like yes chick right here nice <laughs> she got that kind of rihanna look to her you know somebody that's a villain she's still going to be nuanced and she's still going to be thoughtful and calculated there's just enough there's enough material you know whether it's on tv wherever videos music like there's enough (laughs) tearing black women down so i'm trying to just you know not take part in that and I think, and uh, and again, I think that's important. And then also, you, you know, being a father, you know, you have a daughter, and a stepdaughter. And I think the pretty cool about uh, the search, the search of Sadaka, as well as Tashiki Hairs, is like you have Ionas, which is one of the characters, is kind of mm-hmm. similar to your actual daughter, and Sadaka mm-hmm. is actually characteristically wise similar to your uh, stepdaughter. Can you talk about that? Yeah. Um, when we were doing the characters for Tuskegee Airs, I'm going to show this. When we were doing the characters for this, uh, like, it just came, I was like, yo, we're going to make four of the five main characters our kids, because I have two, and Marcus has two. And so that's what we modeled. So Ayana right here. Awesome. And then, uh, where's Genesis at? In Genesis right here, this is Marcus's daughter. Awesome. <laughs> that comes right out, you know, uh, it, it was added in the story on purpose. And it was like, um, it, it was, it just fit really well. It wasn't the kind of thing people always ask us, what made you guys decide to have a, you know, girl be the leader? Right. It's just how it grows. <laughs> My mom's a leader. His mom's a leader. Like his mom took care of, like raised four boys from her. So, wow. you know what I'm saying? So it's like, yeah, these are our heroes. So you know, uh, so it was cool. And then with Sadaka, um, I modeled like the or the original character designs were based off my stepdaughter. Um, and, because she's like such an inspiration to me. So. These, you know, she's now she's out of, out of college. She got her master's, like wow. all this stuff. And you know, my daughter is going in that same route right now. And it's just like watching them and being able to sit with them through the the basic trials, like you know, the those smallest trials that young girls go through, and you know, watching them, you know, just push through. I admire them and. It, they inspire me pretty much more than anything because it's like I don't know how much of this I had to do, you know, with making you guys, you know, who you are, but y'all sure make me proud. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but what do yeah. your daughters think when they, like your stepdaughter sees, like, or she re- she probably got an early advanced copy of everything. So when you show that to her, what 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 is the, that emotion like? Especially especially with your your daughter, uh, um, does resembles Iana. Like, how's those conversations are when you bring that to them? So I'm gonna be honest, and people know <laughs> people never understand this. Um, <laughs> these kids have been growing up seeing this for you know all their lives just about because me and Marcus, we've been, you know, doing, you know, doing stuff, you know, for 20 something years. And so it's like, believe it or not, it's not that big of a deal to them. No, they just oh, mean, hey, cool. Thank you, you know, okay, I know uh, we went to market cause we do like a lot of school visits and stuff. We went to Marcus's uh, kids school and we talked to both of their classes. They're in different grades or whatever. Right. And um, it was so funny because we were watching, like, all these kids are so excited. But then, you know, <laughs> Marcus's daughter, she's just like, like you know, <laughs> like, it's, you know, they've seen us, you know, hustling and doing this stuff for so long that it, you know, I guess nothing, you know, I guess, 
I can brag on him. I think he's an amazing artist. So they've been looking at amazing art since they came out of the womb. You know what I'm saying? That's right. <laughs> it's not a big deal to them. So it's cool. I will say they're appreciative, and you know they they love it. But um, like my daughter, her freshman year, she had a, <laughs> a pop culture class. And uh, she was like, guys, we're talking about comic books. And I was like, you, you <laughs> there you go. You, you tell a, your team, you know, your professor. That's an plus right there. <laughs> she's like, no. And I'm like, why? She's like, well, I mean, it's not that, you know, she wasn't saying it, Tuskegee Airs isn't that big of a deal. Right. She was like, she's not trying to bring attention to herself in that way. And I'm like, but she might be able to, you know, give me some money. You know, do speaking engagements. Right. You know, that's really right? so, uh, She's like, Dad, no. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I think they're super cool with it. But, like I said, it just doesn't. They're not like, ah, look at me. Yeah. And then also, you know, you have the, the happy part and then you also have the frustration part too. You know, you you have that emotional connection with the characters, especially how it kind of reflects to real life, as well as, you know, the tragedy of Brianna Taylor. And I know even though your daughters are adult, it's still you have those conversations because again, unfortunately what happens is, you know, you can only protect them to a certain point and now they're adults and they live their life. So you can't protect them. So can you kind of talk about that frustration aspect of it? Man, um, that's, you know, that's just off the rip. Like I, I made a post on Facebook the other day because all this time I had to really realize now I got to talk to my kids about how to, you know, I already talked to them about how what, what to do if you get pulled over by the police. I talk to them about what what to do if you're walking and you get stopped. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, so now I have to, you know, come up. I have, you know, I live with my, my brother lives with me and my son lives with me. My son is 23. We're like, it's like a bachelor pad. It's kind of cool. It's really nerdy. Um, but it's like, we're sitting here talking about how do we handle this? Because right. I already have like, like my house has been broken into before. Um, so, you know, like if somebody kicks in my door, I'm turning, you know, come around the corner and I'm dumping. Like, <laughs> and now it's like, oh, no, I have to wait and then check to see if it's a cop who's in plain, plain clothes. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know if you're coming to rob me. I know that my son and my little brother are here. Right. So it's like. You know, and so now we got to have that conversation with, with, with my girls. I got to have that conversation with all these young people that I mentor. And it's sad. And, you know, frustration is the right word because in a perfect world, a man would be allowed to be a man, you know. But in this world, it's like that's not the case. And, like, I was uh, talking with Marcus today just about it i wasn't surprised i'm a history major i I know the history of this country i wasn't surprised that the cops got off the fact that they could fix themselves to basically you know convict the cop of shooting recklessly into, you know, because those bullets went through the walls and the windows and hit, you know. Another apartment. Yep. Yeah. Another apartment with white people from what what I understand. Yep. And that's, like, that's why, you know, that's what you get convicted of. Yeah. And I always, because, you know, you see people online, you got all these people online who are attorneys and all this stuff. I try to get people to always understand, you know, the point of the point of contact where this man, you know, is trying to defend his home and he shoots from what he said, a warning shot into the ground that mysteriously ended up in a cop's leg. But real fast, bro, they just came out with information that the bullet that hit the cop wasn't from his bullet. 
Right. It was a, like a 45-degree <laughs> angle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, it sounds like Plaxico Burris. But, <laughs> you know, the fact that, you know, this man fired a warning shot and people say, well, you know, he shouldn't have done that. But the thing is, we have to start looking, and this is why there needs, when they say defund, they need to start looking at this justice system as a whole. Because right. somebody signed a warrant and said, yeah, go up in there at any time of the night. And you don't have to knock. You don't have to announce yourself. Right. On, on, when you, and this is just based off of speculation. Right. Now, I, you know, I've been alive long enough to understand that police, the, you know, DEA, people know who's really moving real drugs. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It yeah. don't have to be speculation. They know because half the time they're the ones selling it to them. Right. So you know that this is not like some type of, if you stake this house out for enough time, you know this is not any type of, you know. So all of these things lead up to the fact that this man within his rights, you kick in my door, what am I supposed to do? Yeah, I'm supposed to wait for you to identify yourself, wait for you to shoot me yeah. or shoot somebody. No. Yeah. So there's so many points where all this, you know, garbage happens. And then they talk about, you know, they try to use that to justify why someone is murdered. And that's yeah. murder. Yeah. Like if me and you decided to <laughs> go kick in somebody's door. Yeah, you know what I'm mean? saying? Yeah. And freaking OJ, and I'm not in the business of taking up for OJ, but OJ went up into a spot with two of his homies, and I think one of them had, had a gun, <laughs> and he just took back the stuff that was his. Yep. And he ended up doing how many years? Oh, like, yeah, he did, a, he did a lot. Yeah, he did. He did. <laughs> and, I, and I only bring these up not because I think that, oh, you know, like, not because I'm confused with the dichotomy. I understand, like, that black people are going to, you know, face the worst of the justice system. Right. And, you know, and white people, especially cops, are going to get the, the best side of it. Right. You know, I, I understand that, but it's just to bring it up so, you know, you can see the, the imbalance there. Yeah. You know? This man took a trophy and did what ten something years in jail. Yep. In prison, and this guy murdered somebody along with his homies because that's the other thing. If me and you kick somebody's door in, yep, and you shoot him, I'm still going to jail too. I'm yep. still accomplished. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you know. I know people try to say, oh, black people are overreacting, yada, yada, yada. But this is not an overreaction, man. Like, yeah, where where am I safe? Right. And people act be, like Jim Crow was a long time ago. That wasn't that long ago. That was like 60 years ago. So that's not long ago. And some of those laws in the books are still based out of Jim Crow, too. Yeah. Well, I mean... Just the fact, and I, I, I forget the brother's name. He does these really good videos. He always ends and says, I love you. Uh -oh. And uh, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, that's what I do. Um, I watch that religiously, man. And he, he, uh, he was talking about just the fact when the Constitution was written. The yeah. Constitution was written before we had, like, organized right. police. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, and he said, and, you know, these, what? Over 200 years, it's been amended like 27 times. Yes. <laughs> it's totally set up. Think about it. It was totally set up then to only benefit white males and yep. not even regular white people. Like it was rich. set up to benefit the rich, yep. the privileged. And like, now, like, there's such thing as saying, hey, man, let's scrap this whole thing. <laughs> no, no, you know, like, I, I think about me and Marcus. How many business plans have we had in the last twenty years? Thousands. <laughs> it got us this far, but if we want to go to the next level, man, we got to switch some stuff up. You can't right. do that with justice. We can. It's just. It's just like you said. It's set up. 
to benefit uh, yep. benefit certain people, and, and that's what it is. And um, but going to history, I love you know your I love you guys how you guys implement little nuggets of history in your story because I think that's how people kind of um, find history intriguing nowadays. Like people don't want to pick up a big al almanac or or like a, a book on 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 our history. Um, not as much like in the past. Um, like, for example, like The Watchmen, that was very successful. That first episode mm -hmm. about Black Wall Street. After that episode ever went off, the next day, everybody and their mama went Google first about that information. Um, so can you kind of talk about the significance of and history to tell a story about? Uh, it, it's really... Interesting, because, like, if you look at, you know, everybody implements, you know, like, Roman history and Greek and uh, European, like, all these different things into their stuff, Vikings, like, all this stuff. But, and we now, we've had, we see this, uh, you know, resurgence of people doing, adding, you know, African history, like, if you're in the indie community that I'm yeah. in, anyway. Um and so it's like we have all this history in the United States that's been kept from us, and they might give you a little bit of it just to say that you, you know, just to, you know, spring, you know, appease you a little bit. Yeah. But I mean, real talk, it's like we're not really just digging deep into some of these, you know, wonderful moments, these heroic moments, like the Tuskegee Airmen. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So. What we're doing is just kind of, you know, we're building these, you know, building stuff into the stories. I personally, I'm like, I don't want it to seem like any type. I, I don't want to say personally because that would mean Marcus does it. Right. We don't want it to seem like, <laughs> you know, you're reading a history lesson or anything like that. We want you to just like be turning the page and be like, oh, oh, what's that? Maybe that's something I'll look up. Um, I always that was always the stuff that intrigued me is when I see it, you introduce me, but then let me go do the real research. Cause if I really care about it, I'm going to go do the real research. When we did Tuskegee airs, we had like all these people who had never heard of the Tuskegee airmen at all. And we had people from all over the world inboxing us, emailing, whatever, mm -hmm. and just being like, man, I'm just happy that you guys introduced me to this because I didn't know this existed, you know. Um, there's a lady in the Virgin Islands. She's like, she said that she read up, you know, she saw what we did. So she read up on the Tuskegee Airmen. She found out that there were a few of them from the Virgin Islands. Yep. And she found out that she was related to one of them. That's sick. <laughs> yeah, they took your book for the, for her to do the research to find out, you know, right. she yeah. had that historical lineage. And I think that's the big point, too, is that we come from, when it comes to literature, we come from a historic um, lineage. Like, if you go farther back to uh, Alexander Dumas, the writer mm -hmm. of Three Musketeers and Count of Monte Cristo, mm -hmm. he's one of the most famous literature writers in French. But he's from uh, Haitian descent because his father, Tomas, was the famous French German, uh, I mean, French general in France. They called him the Black Devil, Black Napoleon. He was more mm -hmm. feared than Napoleon. Mm. And that's the one thing is that we come from that history. And again, uh, when it comes to storytelling and, you know, adding that component of history to it, and it makes a significant difference. And um, and I think, you know, that's important. Like, I would love to see a story about Tomas Dumas. Tomas. Thomas Dumas. Hey. Um, <laughs> um, I know this guy who, you know, creates stories and, and does. And um, honestly... It's amazing, you know, that you say that because there's so much information that we can show. So I, I truly believe that, you know, when you start everybody off, you know, you start us off at slavery. Yeah. You know, that that's how your inception to understanding who you are, where you come from. Right. Uh, it's like 
that there's a big, big ceiling. Right. <laughs> no, gonna no, you're right. right. No, you're absolutely right. Yeah, because I guess the one thing too is that a lot of people know that the Count of Monte Cristo was based on his father, because he yeah. was he was the general in Egypt, and they failed and they came back. Um, I guess they um, said he was for treason, and they imprisoned him, and he died um, a, a, a poor man. Wow! And that's where yeah. that story comes from. I didn't even know that. I'm going to be looking that up. As as <laughs> and then the cool mm. thing about it, like when he was a general, he had a connection with uh, 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 the famous oh, wow. general of Haiti. Haiti, yeah. So Haiti yeah. has a rich history. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah, and Haiti. it'd be awesome if, some people, if someone touched on that, that story because their story is they have a great story. But again, yeah. we have this perception about Haiti that it's this poor country, poor people. N no, 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 no. They come from a, a rich history, man. You know, that was the first. Until the Clintons got to them, they still, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because the Clintons did, like, uh, <laughs> when, you know, I, I don't want to go too far. No, nah, no political, right? <laughs> but you know, the, the Clintons got to that. Remember Bill Clinton talking about um, they're going to bring uh, Haiti into the first world and yep. they're going to, you know, make things electronical and blah, yep. blah, blah. And then they ended up, some people say, poisoning the land, destroying the rice. And at the same time, Arkansas ended up where Bill Clinton is from ended up kind of taking Haiti's spot because Haiti was like the number one rice producer in the world, I believe, or yeah. at least on this side of the world. Yeah. And, then, you know, like mysteriously, Haiti's, you know, rice crops died and yeah. Arkansas pops up. Um, so, yeah, there's a, uh, <laughs> speaking of that, there's a little, um, I'm doing a, a six page story. Marcus is uh, drawing it for me. Um, for this uh, noir, black noir, black is the new noir. I nice. that. Uh, and I'm actually talking about some stuff. It's based off of you know some stuff that happened in Arkansas. When That'd Clinton be dope. Was the... That'd be cool. dope. Man. I can't wait to see that. Hopefully, I get a sneak peek of it. But but going back, six... go ahead, bro. I'm... No, I was just gonna say it's only six pages, but I've already decided I'm gonna make a like at least do like a one shot uh, you know comic of it no because no, it's important because you know we need that we need that, that aspect that a lot of people don't know about you know and the, and and that dynamic that that if you know we need that we need that and again the way people to digest things is through laughter and emotion when they read like you know uh fictional stories you know and mm -hmm. i think that's important and and what you're doing with uh search um uh Sada K is a, it's 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 important i think it brings affirmation to to black children as black adults too because what it does is you know it make people wonder like what happened to the survivors of the the massacre because that story's never been told it's like what what happened after you know you you and and that's one thing too. We talked about it before. Is that for the longest time they called it a riot, and because yeah. they called it a riot, it wasn't they covered under the insurance. insurance. So a lot yeah. of them was basically asked out. They had to start over with no money, no nothing. Some of them committed suicide. Some of them just never couldn't recuperate. Yeah, I mean, some picked up and left. Uh, I don't know if I told you this, man. Um, I recently this has been just like over the last month or so um found out that i have my on my father's side um the his mom's side came from oklahoma wow and uh it looks like from what i've seen it looks like they left oklahoma like in the 20s and went to missouri wow makes sense. but we're finding out that they um owned a lot of property they owned a lot of property and like mineral deposits and all this stuff wow. so 
now it's you know it's hitting home. It's so crazy because I found this out like a year after the first issue came out. You know? Wow! <laughs> you know? But it's like, you wonder sometimes why you you gravitate towards certain you know certain stories, certain you know certain uh, events, and this could have something to do with it. So now we're trying to you know really like look in and figure out what's really going on with it. But yeah, when you say that, like that's part of now what I want to do is figure out what happened. You know, did they leave just on, you know, was it unrelated or did they leave because of, you know, because there was a time it, where Oklahoma was kind of looked at as like a place that people could go, like black people, Native Americans could go and kind of, you know, build, rebuild and prosper. And, um, you know, it was the same thing because we've seen it. We've, we've talked about it, like Seneca Village and, like, all these other places in the United States. Yeah, it's definitely, it's, yeah, it's definitely like, if you, if, you, if, if you think about Los Angeles, that's the same thing with Los, a lot, Los Angeles. A lot of uh, uh, black Mexicans, and um, they travel from Mexico to Los mm -hmm. Angeles to what is President Los Angeles. But a lot of people don't know that because a lot of that stuff was kind of destroyed. So that story mm -hmm. is never told. But they did a story in the New York Times saying, no, 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 they moved. Because people don't forget is that a lot of slaves, there was like a, a another underground railroad to Mexico. So a lot of slaves went to Mexico mm -hmm. and made yep. home in Mexico. Also, mm -hmm. you know, you have an African influence in Latin America, because a lot of the slave boats came to a Latin America. So you have that African lineage in Latin America. There was black people here before slaves was here. Right, before Columbus, yeah. With the uh, Olmec heads. Um, the, the, I think the biggest point is all these stories are things, like I just watched, you talk about Los Angeles, I watched a documentary it was actually about the Crips and the Bloods, but it explained like the history of, you know, Los Angeles and how the gangs came to be, yeah. and how you you I I'm I think I'm good enough to break it down to say that what they did was you know they convinced themselves that we were less than we were you know yeah. and then they were like go ahead and let them have their little spaces and yeah. then they saw what we built out of it yeah. and that hurts. Because think about it. All you got, you can't read. Nope. You're not athletically talented. You're nope. not anything special. You nope. you survive off of having privilege. Yep. And all you have is to hang your hat on the fact that I'm better than you yep. by birth. Yep. And then I look over and see you with limited tools becoming a doctor and being better. You know what yep. I'm saying? Like, yep. that's got to hurt. Right. And so what they did, like, systematically like clockwork they figured out oh look for any kind of reason to start a riot look for any kind of reason to burn you down you know what i'm saying it's why i don't i despise the pick yourself up from your bootstraps you know that little mantra yeah i, I hate it because this country ain't never worked like that nope no, never. You know it's never worked like that. You can pick yourself up to an extent, and then they're gonna cut you down whenever see fit. Mm -hmm. Most definitely, you start. You know, what do you say? You start catching up. They, you know, they switch the tempo. It's like yeah. once you get into whatever this rhythm is, and you're you're mastering this system. Yeah, they're gonna switch it and move yeah. it. And yeah. like you know, I know we're going on our little rap when we talk about history, but you know, the critical point too is that. Um, a lot of the former slave owners got reparation. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, like when um, I mean the 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 especially like the slave traders, yeah, and the people whose business was they they received money like the whole insurance on slaves thing. Yeah, that built that built more wealth than the people who had you know slaves. Yeah, like the, the insured during the slave trades and all of that. It's amazing, man. Like, like how diabolical, and I don't use that word for nothing. You know what I'm saying? No, no, I totally agree, bro. Diabolical 
this was, how intricate and how, uh, and I use well just from the standpoint of them having, it. you know, it was well planned and it, it digs so deep that half the time people would be like, there is no way in hell that somebody would be this, you know, filthy. But yeah, they they are. Yeah, when you have true mm -hmm. intentions to mm -hmm. just, you know, hurt other people just so you can, you know, feel comfortable in your little bubble, and that's the story of America. That's 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 everything in a nutshell. Um, but what do you want to tell people um, about this Kickstarter? Why is it important? Um, so. The Kickstarter is a is a great way for people like me, self-publishers, to be able to launch projects, number one. Um, there's no way that we could do the stuff that we do, you know, if, if we couldn't circumvent the regular, you know, publishing system. Um, and by that, I mean, there's all kinds of checks and balances. They, they put limits on what you can do. Um, some of the stuff, I don't think our messages are heavy handed because I think we, you know, our goal is to tell great stories and sprinkle stuff in. So it's not like I'm trying to recruit you to anything, but um, it's just, you know, a black girl like this is huge. A black girl superhero that's centered in blackness um, is huge. Five black kids who are the main characters. It's huge. And Kickstarter allows us to be able to do this. Um, it definitely allows us to, you know, reach right to the pulse of the people. Um, so with Tuskegee Airs, you know, we, we dropped it and we ended up getting $10,000 in a day, ended up getting 74,000 altogether. It was a lot, a lot of stuff happened. And that was like the justification for us to say, okay, people want this. They really want this. This is not just a like a fad. People, you know, are out here looking for it. So I tell people like if, you know, the Kickstarter basically is a pre-order system. If you dig it, you know, drop a little bit of money. Um, it helps in everything like vis visibility wise, because what we're doing is we're showing that, you know, we can, you know, that the people want it, regardless of, we don't have to ask the gatekeepers to let right. us in. Right. And we've taken these books, like, all over the country, all, like, hundred, like probably 130 conventions in the last four or five years. Um, and people, you know, it speaks for itself. So, you know, anybody that's interested, you know, you feel like pledging that really helps us out right now i'm close to my stretch goal so the initial kickstarter the initial goal is to uh was to do the next book but i set a stretch goal after that to where i can do another smaller book that has uh a couple of extra stories in it like shorter stories that kind of fill in the blanks from issue zero to issue one so and I'm trying to get this one because I got another really cool, <laughs> really cool thing I want to show to the world. But I got to hit this goal first. And that's what we're going to try to do with 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 trying to get that out there, so we can you can hit that goal. Because I think that's the beautiful thing of being an indie in the indie industry is that you can create your own content, and then doing the Kickstarter is that you can have people a part of the process. So when it's done, everyone's like they're, they're like your mini producers because without them, this is not possible. Yeah, it's a, it's a, in this day and age, man, um, with all the, like the retreading that, you know, the comics and the movies and everything does, it's like harder and harder for you to be able to actually get something picked up. And if you do keep the integrity of it, right? right. So I go to all these conventions and I talk to all these dudes. I'm cool with these guys that work for DC and Marvel and some of the other ones. And like over and over, they're like, 
because I'll, I'll be like, man, we got an idea for a DC, you know, book. And they'll be like, yeah, man, just take whatever DC is on it, take it off, and just do your thing. And, you know, you'll, you'll have better luck doing it that mm-hmm. way. Because, you know, they talk to you about how much their vision gets changed. Sometimes right. you're not allowed to have a vision from the jump. So imagine you drawing, you know, whoever your favorite character might be. You're doing that book. And they got the person looking like a doofus. <laughs> you know, you know, I could you know, change the suit right here. Yep. I could do this. We could do that. Yep. And like, nope. This is how we want it. This is how it is. Like you, you know, you don't get to say. And then on the flip side, you don't own anything that you make. Yep. So even if you introduce new characters into them, you don't own those characters. They don't theirs. Them. Yep. Right. So. <laughs> Am I lying? Would I be lying if I said I don't want to write Spider-Man or Black Panther or something like that? Right. Yes, that's all. I would love to. And if they called me, I would. But I'm always going to keep working on my own stuff um, because this is where it really pays off. Uh, right. We own the process. Mm-hmm. We publish ourselves. I mail out a few other books. They're getting sent by me. Uh, you know what I'm saying? If you order posters, Marcus is shoot, shooting those out more, more than likely. So it's like this is a, you know, you're, like when you're purchasing from us, hopefully you're getting something that you love, but you're also helping to actually create, uh, you know, a bigger business because, you know, we're getting ready to, um, we're about, we're breaking ground on another project. That's uh, by a different creator, but he's going to be published with us. And then I got some other, you know, projects as well. So that's it awesome. really helps. You know, like anytime you can, you know. That's uh, awesome because I equate that to like music and and podcasts too. Is like in music, it's important to own your publishing, your masters. That's the same thing with comic books. You know, that's the difference of being a hundred percent ownership because a hundred percent ownership means the money and revenue is coming back to you. Right. Signing you know, we, to the big guys, depending on how they set the rules, you'll probably get probably like five, five percent yeah. of the revenue. So it is a big difference, huge difference. Yeah. And with us, like with uh, Tuskegee Airs, for instance, we take the money, we put it back into the business. We, you know, we're doing okay with other stuff. So it's like, we don't need the money, but doing that, that helps us to be able to, you know, fund on the spot whenever, like last, well, I say last year, it's been so long, you know, last, you know, winter, you know, we got asked to um, help out with this nonprofit event in San Francisco. And, you know, we're like, yeah, we'll send some books, but can we come? And the lady's like, well, I can't, you know, I don't have money to, you know, I don't have a budget, I would say, to get you guys out there. We're like, no, no, we'll come. We're good. You know, it it allows us to be able to go to the conventions we need to, when we need to order new books, you know, because we order, like, large quantities. Right. So, we, you know, we have that money. So, it's like we're constantly building and building up the business. Um, whereas if we were sell, like you said, if we were just getting a slight percentage, then, you know, you're, you're kind of, you're kind of handcuffed. And I always tell people the worst part about it is they can, you know, discontinue your, you know, your book whenever they want. Yeah. So, and then also when it comes to conventions, you know, if you, if you're under contract with like a DC or a Marvel, you got to get a green light from them to go to the convention. You can't just go to a convention because you're under contract contract with them because there's a stipulation with it. So, like, any time, like, for example, you were talking about the teacher said, oh, can you come to the, bring books or can you come here? You would have to go to Marvel first say, is it okay under this contract for us to go there? Because, it's, again, it's not, yours, it's not yours. It's theirs. Right, right. And that's the thing with us. Like, you say that. Like, we um... – we're getting ready to fill an order. We did a, a school visit and uh, the school, it's a small like uh, alternative, to, not, I guess alternative is not the right word because it's a regular school. Right. Um, 
but it's just small. Like a startup school, they had like 94 students. They ordered a book for every student. So we're wow. getting ready to fill this order. And they're like, how long will it take for you guys to get the book? I like, you, you pay the money and I'll drive, to drop the books off at your school. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm hugging the kid. <laughs> I have the books. All the books. So you don't have to worry about any of that stuff. Um, you know, we ship, we distribute, we do it all. And the value, like people be like, you, why don't you get a mailing service to mail your, like, nah, man, well, I'll do it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not just being cheap, but it's like really owning the process. I'm shipping comic books, so I'm gonna do my best to make sure that they're not, you know, jacked up when they get to you. you right. Know? And, and I think the one thing, bro, you missed out too is that it's that power, it's that powerful connection with people. Is that those kids meet the creator of the comic book, mm-hmm. and especially like kids that look like you. You know, yeah. they look at you like, oh. He created this? Yeah, that's, um, man, we, so we did the school visit. One of the kids had issue one of Tuskegee Airs. Lost it. (laughs) 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 And that was it. Like, you're, like, we do what we do because I remember not seeing anybody that wrote that was a you know a writer. They would bring a couple of writers to the school or whatever, but they didn't look anything like me. I didn't. They didn't even tell you how to get in. Yeah, they didn't tell you what to do if you want to be a great writer. They just yeah. talked about whatever they wrote or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so it's like, just imagine, just like our kids. How I told you, all this stuff is normal for them. Right. You know, it's like. Hopefully we can, you know, show more kids and they can understand that this could be me too. Like, you know, is one of my friends, she sent me a picture. Her daughter's like nine and she, you know, drew some anime characters and uh, I was like, you need to get her, you know, you need to find somebody to teach her. <laughs> like, dude, I'm not, like, I don't be looking at people's pocketbooks and everything. But I know the kind of money you make writing is way different than the money you make doing art. That's and right. if you mess around and get good, you can, call, you can call your own shots. That's why I have to do the publishing and do all the other stuff because I got to be able to make money off of this. Because writing right. is cool. Don't get me wrong. I love it. But... And it feels good to make money, like, when you write something. That's great. Right. But, you know, art, if you got kids that, that like to do art and they're, they're patient and they want to sit there, and you find people that can teach them basics and then see if they want to keep going. If they're okay with sitting at, you know, a desk or a table for a long period of time, that's right. And then let them, man, because it's – it's a it's a it's a beautiful experience, man. And that's the one Yeah, and that's the one powerful thing too. Uh, before we end this uh conversation, which I we can go on for hours like we did in the past. Like we, <laughs> with the whole crew, we, we, we had like a four hour conversation about everything. <laughs> that it lasted to like two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> but the last thing I wanted to say is that our story has inspired the world. Like, for example, I tell a lot of people, you know, if you love the X-Men, after you, like, watch all the, read the comic books or the, the movies, what I would recommend you doing is learn about the Civil Rights Movement. Because X-Men was based from the Civil Rights Movement. The two characters, uh, Magneto and Professor... Mm-hmm. Are mm. based from Dr. King and Malcolm X, and so you know the thing about it is because like some people will say that that's you know just a myth or whatever, and so I never, I never jump all the way into it from that standpoint because all you got to do is look at parallels, like yeah. parallels all the way across the board. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, and uh, you can see 
like you look at the um sentinels and you then you look at omic head helmets you know what i'm saying like you can see all of this this one guy um broke down i, I lose everything but he broke down you know the uh how close like some of the superheroes are to like african gods and you know what i'm saying so we know they they take they do it with the music they do it with jazz they do it with everything they take what we create and they take this great culture that we create and then they figure out ways to mesh it and blend it and sometimes if you if you don't know your own history you won't even realize that's right where that gets from you know yeah um so it's like uh at the end of the day you see the parallels in incoming especially on marvel side like you oh see, yeah uh, a lot of the parallels. DC is a little bit different, but yeah, that that whole X Men Magneto, like the the parallels, because people try to discredit. The reason I'm saying it is because people try to be like, no, that's not why they created Xavier, and and I'm like, even if not, you don't see the parallels. <laughs> no, because if you think about it, because I did some research, Stan Lee said his story was influenced by the Civil Rights Movement. Yeah, I'm sure. Like, <laughs> that's what I said. Like it's you know people. I think people get. We see this in comics a lot. People get you know really deep into you know the weeds, and it's like man, sometimes you don't have to look at yeah. it. <laughs> uh, what's his name? They told him uh, Jack Kirby. Yeah, the more white people in the book, so uh, they did the, <laughs> the clan in there and had Black Panther beat him up. <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, they were like two uh, dudes that was really about you know the people. So, no, I feel you, bro. But the reason why I brought those co correlations together is from those stories, you can draw empathy for people. You know. Whether, you know, you believe it or not, you know, it, the truth is is based on what people believe, but it's all about having empathy and understanding. And if you can understand the the plight of the mutants, you can understand the plight of black people mm -hmm. and other people. Yep. And mar other marginalized people. Um because it's, you know, this country, like the, the Native Americans, you know what I'm saying? Like, they were a mutant. They're still mutants. Yeah. Mexicans, mutants, you know? Right. And so it's like, and you can go to other countries. It's just, I don't know, man. White supremacy is, is a serious thing, man. It's a disease, man. I can't say what I want to say. It's, it's the first COVID. <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's the reality but that's you know you know that's the world that we live in but before we end is what words of wisdom do you have to give to the to the people um support the kickstarter right oh yeah support the kickstarter <laughs> i'm gonna tell people man like right now hold your head man we have been through 2020 has been uh, whammy, man. Yeah. And so it's like, you know, I think we're at that point where it seems like things are still getting back to normal, but I don't know if we've properly grieved. No. We haven't had a chance to grieve, you know, what this year has brought, man. So I just try to tell people to hold your head. Like, I, I've i been feeling the stress um, and, and it mounting, mm -hmm. and then you're losing loved ones, and even you know losing people that might not have died from COVID, but you still can't. Uh oh, the time, the clock is the time is clicking. Oh. Six. Hold your head, man. <laughs> <laughs>
there whenever it matters And even more when you feel like it doesn't Protect you so you never feel like you wasn't Know I'm right alongside you Here but that I'm behind you But always got you End of discussion Nothing means more First wanna offer his shoulders for what you preach for Thought I saw the eyes of the world Until I seen yours And know that I ain't see a better view yet I'm with whatever So don't ever you fret Know that you covered Not a hurdle or a heartbreak To change what a partake Cause none of them won't ever get comfortable in your walkway My job is to aware you Fully loaded, prepare you For all of the above that I'm never letting get near you But still in all, give you every advantage I found Couldn't find a better fit for them, along with my crown And since the baton was passed, I've been down Cause failing's not an option, and dad is not a noun, not at all My message to any dad, man, first off, know that yeah, it, it is a hard job But it's the greatest job in the world I wouldn't trade it for anything I wouldn't change anything about it Everything you're doing from here on out if it didn't have purpose before, now it has purpose. It's the most important thing you'll ever do. Just be a dad.